I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. And welcome to Montalino Mama. Welcome back to another episode of Multilingual Mamas. Today we have with us Natalia Simmons, a bilingual writer and advocate for bilingualism. We're going to be talking about her book, The Spanglish Girl, La Chica Spanglish, but first let's get to know her a little bit more. Hello, Natalia, and thank you for taking the time to do this interview. Hello, thanks so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this interview. So to get to know you a little bit better, can you tell us uh, where did you grow up, what languages were spoken at home or in the community where you grew up? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in the UK and my mum's Spanish and my dad's English and I grew up speaking both languages. So I would go to school and it was all in English. But when I came home, I would always speak to my mother in Spanish. I'm pretty sure it was the first language I actually learned because my while my dad was working, my mum was looking after me and naturally she spoke to me in Spanish. And I also used to spend my summer holidays in Spain. So I would spend around five, six weeks in a small village in Spain with my grandparents, my aunties and cousins. So I had to speak in Spanish. No one knew English. So it kind of forced me to speak the language, um, which really helped. I think going once a year during the summer and being immersed every day in the language, it, it definitely helped. And especially when... I would go back to the UK, it would kind of be like a refresher, I'd go back and I would still remember my Spanish and my mum would continue speaking to me Spanish. So that's how I grew up bilingual. Uh, I had a few friends who were Spanish, but when we got together, we would speak in English. Um, so the play dates that my mum and my mum would organise, it would mainly be in English. But I think just by speaking in Spanish, by listening to Spanish nursery rhymes, my mum would always read to me, read Spanish books. There weren't any bilingual books, but she'd always read in Spanish. And if I didn't understand a word then she would translate so yeah that was that's my bilingual journey really. Natalia you mentioned your dad is the British one right? Yeah. So tell us do your parents speak English with each other? Yes they always speak in English with each other and when I was growing up uh, the method was one parent one language but to be honest I don't even think back then in the very early 90s that was even a thing one parent one language they call that now but my mum just from because she's a Spanish teacher and that would be in her mm. native language she always just spoke to me in Spanish and when we were all together it would mainly be in English however my mum would always speak to me in Spanish but if she needed to speak to my dad sometimes she would uh, speak to him in Spanish and he would reply back in English but he did understand but he, the main language he spoke to me was in English and do you have any siblings I don't know I'm the only child interesting um can you talk a little bit about the emotions you associate with that time period I mean was it all a positive experience or were there any challenges or times that you felt alone or different or embarrassed yeah uh, definitely there so there were all positive and negative emotions I'll go through the negative first because then I can end it with positive so <laughs> some of the negative emotions were maybe I grew up sometimes confused I'm not really understanding mm. sometimes why my mum was speaking to me in Spanish if all my schoolmates were English and 
maybe because I would only go once a year to Spain it felt so far away that to be speaking Spanish when I was in the UK so I sometimes would get confused also in my class there, there weren't any other Spanish children even outside school I didn't I knew a few but not that many and then you know kids can be a little cruel so they would laugh at my mum's Spanish accent when she spoke in English and they would say mm. well your mum sounds really funny when she pronounced your name even though she was pronouncing it the right way and mm-hmm. uh, so that was I didn't like being different I wanted to be the same and I think when I was very young I didn't understand why is it that my mum's Spanish and all my friends their mums are English so I don't I think because it wasn't really common when I was younger so and also growing up as a teenager I went through phases of really wanting to be in Spain because it was sunny (laughs) the connotations I had of being in the UK when I was a teenager was oh having to do homework not the oh Spain is very fun yeah I don't have to do any homework it's always summer in Spain yeah it's always (laughs) Spain so that was um but I was still in a way confused with my identity identity like one minute I thought I was more Spanish the other minute I thought I was English so to be honest it still sometimes happens but not as much so those are, I guess, were the negative um, aspects, but there were so many positive aspects. When I wasn't thinking of oh, people were laughing at my mum's accent or when that wasn't happening, I, I knew that I was lucky to have family in Spain and I knew that I was the only person in my class that would spend the whole summer holidays abroad in Spain and they were just absolutely amazing. They're, they're nothing like summer holidays in Spain. So I knew that was lucky I was lucky to be going every summer I would be counting down the days in June till it was the um, end of July so I couldn't wait for that and going over to Spain I also knew I was lucky because I everyone in the village knew that I could speak English and a lot of parents would say to my cousins or my friends look you've got a friend that speaks English why don't you try and practice your English you know she's very lucky she speaks two languages so so that did make me feel special Mm -hmm. um, of the positive things so when I was in the UK I guess again knowing that I was the only person in my class that could speak Spanish and sometimes the kids would ask me about Spain or what's it like oh it is it is pretty cool that you um and speak another language these these were the nice kids who didn't laugh so I think knowing that I was a little bit different wasn't always bad it's sometimes depending on what mood I in I, I was in I would think oh I was pretty cool to be different to to be to speak two languages so it was definitely a mixture on and off all throughout my childhood and teenage years definitely Natalia did you at any point rebel completely and decided not to speak Spanish anymore uh, for a very short period maybe one day when I came home tired and I wanted to explain to my mum what happened at school usually if I was angry or something happened at school I would want to explain it in English and my mum would say well I'm not going to talk to you in English I'm just going to reply in Spanish and she really wanted me to speak in Spanish the whole time. But sometimes I say, look, I, I just can't speak in Spanish. I, I feel mm-hmm. angry this happened at school. So I'm only going to 
speak in, in English. So it was more on and off. It wasn't like a long period, right, that's it, I'm never going to speak in Spanish. It's more when I felt like I was rebelling a bit or I wasn't happy with what my mum was saying or just, you know, normal things that kids do and try to rebel. But on the whole, um, no, it wasn't. It was more, to be honest, it was more about being lazy and not really wanting to reply back in Spanish when I was feeling tired. Did you ever feel like your Spanish wasn't good enough or felt a lack of confidence in speaking Spanish? Or were you made to feel that way ever in Spain? Definitely. So you, (laughs) the first week in Spain, and it happens now, not just when I was younger. This is, whenever I go to Spain, it happens. The first week I'm in Spain, I'm only speaking Spanish. I'm not speaking English to anyone else. And it's been a whole year since I've done that. And I do think, oh, why do I, why can't I think of some Spanish words? So I really do beat myself up. Mm-hmm. and I and I, I kind of think I could have why didn't I practice the whole year <laughs> it's hard to be speaking Spanish every day in the UK when barely anyone around you speak Spanish so that is yeah I did I do sometimes get upset when I go to Spain in the first week I think god I'm not really that bilingual I am but it's just I'm just speaking a lot slower or I'm thinking of the word but after a week I kind of settled back into it and then I've got to leave and come back again but I do it's always at the start I lack a little bit of confidence if I don't explain myself well but I think I used to take it more to heart when I was younger Mm. when I especially if the kids would laugh at my that my accent wasn't Spanish enough or if I completely messed up a grammatical error in a sentence or a word I'll get laughed at and I'd really take it to heart but then I would soon get over it. I think you just touched on something that we're going to ask you next um so a lot of people who are bilingual mention sometimes that they were never enough in either one of the two cultures yeah. you grew up with that feeling as well did you feel the same way both cultures or does it what did you feel more or did you identify more with one of the other? So even now, um, living in the UK, I don't feel fully British. I am, but I hope maybe it's because really my two cultures being bicultural. But in the UK, I don't fully feel like I'm just British. And the same happens when I go to Spain. I don't fully feel Spanish, I only feel partly. And it, it does get tricky because sometimes I think, well, I'm not, I don't really feel 100% myself in either country because Mm -hmm. I'm part of two cultures and that happened when I was younger and it still happens today but I've kind of changed my mindset into thinking look you're just part of two countries you're never going to be fully one or the other and just see it as having that advantage being part of both worlds being part of two different communities knowing two different cultures being friends with Spanish and English people so it's it can be tricky and in my early 20s I found it really difficult because I didn't know where I wanted to live I didn't know if I wanted to be in the UK didn't know if I wanted to be in Spain I didn't know where to settle and I think it's always in constantly in the back of my mind even though I'm settled in the UK now sometimes I think oh I wonder what life would be like living in Spain I wonder if when I have children one day if it would be different if I was to raise children there or here 
so it's always but I know if I was in the UK I would probably feel in Spain I would probably feel a bit homesick and I would think oh what's it like living in the UK so there's always a there's always a what if doesn't matter what country I'm going to be in I'm always going to think oh I'm not too sure but I mean that I guess that's uh, the only negative part of it and I've just got to see it as just being part of two cultures and in the UK there are so many people who live in Spain or Latin American so that kind of makes me feel a little bit closer to Spain when I have Spanish friends in the UK. So I have a quick question Lauren here do you have friends who share the same dual identity that you do or not? I have in the past, but I don't, I had one friend at university, she was half Spanish, half English, but I don't um, speak to her that much. But at university, we did discuss this. And she said that she never feels 100% in either the UK or Spain, she doesn't feel settled in either. So we had that in common. But this was a long time ago. And I don't really have any now any friends who are half English, half Spanish, which is a shame because I would love to ask them or talk to them about it. And I used to have friends when I was younger who had the same two nationalities, but I don't, I have no idea where they are now, but I would love to bump into them and ask them. Because I never, you never would think that to ask those sort of questions when you were a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not having any siblings. Yeah, that would have really helped, yeah. I was going to ask just about the Spanish-speaking population in the UK. Is it growing at all? Is there any support in the community, even in maybe in London, or is there any Latin American presence, or was so, it really just you? <laughs> um, no, no. Nah. When I was growing up, there wasn't as many. I think I knew about three other families who were Spanish or you know, from Latin America. But at the moment, um, in Brighton, which is only 30 minutes from where I live, there are so many Spanish speakers, so many. It's, it feels like it's the second nationality after British, mm. which is really good because when I was living there, I met so many Spanish people. But the only problem is they usually go back home. They don't settle there. I've got two mm. Spanish friends in the UK who will probably settle here because their partners are English and, you know, they plan on having a family. So which is really nice um there's a lot of um latinos in the uk as well i think they're mainly in and there's a lot in london and also there's a lot of spanish in london so in the uk there there is a big community and i'm not sure if they get any help but i what i do know because the spanish community is so big all the spanish people get together and they help one another there's so many facebook groups with for example spanish mums in london or spanish people living in the uk and i can see they always help each other so they have that platform to connect which is really lovely because it's a shame my mum didn't have that there wasn't facebook when she came over here mm-hmm. you know the internet wasn't as big and i think she would have have liked to connect with more spanish speaking people uh, just so you know natalia there is a, a facebook group of Spanish people living in North Carolina and we'll make sure to share your book. Oh lovely (laughs) great so you mentioned that when you lived in Brighton you could use your Spanish a little bit more now in the present how would you describe your language practices do you get to use your Spanish at all in your daily life do you ever 
mix your two languages like you do in your book or is it mostly still just in the summers in Spain? So that's a really good question because at the moment since last week I actually give Spanish after school clubs to children which is lovely they're from ages four to seven it's all very basic Spanish but it's really lovely to be Mm -hmm. teaching them Spanish so I'm using that in my job now also using my Spanish when I write bilingual books whenever I see my mum who lives in Brighton we always speak in Spanish we always speak on the phone we always whatsapp in Spanish Um, I speak to my family on whatsapp I sometimes meet the two Spanish girls and we always speak in Spanish I try and watch as many Netflix shows, um, Latin American <laughs> or Spanish. Just, I, I really, you know, I need to keep practicing. But any, any recommendations? Any, yes. Um, there is. I actually binge watched it over the weekend. It was called um, "Welcome to Eden." It's about these um. Oh, young, that's new for me. Yeah, these um Spanish kids. Well, they're not really kids. They're in like their twenties, and they go over to this island, and they think it's a party island, but it really isn't. They realise that they've been selected for a really big thriller. It's crazy, but it, it's really good. So definitely, yeah. So, do you ever mix your languages when you meet with the Spanish girls or? with your mom at all do you ever code switch or I um, I try, oh yeah I probably definitely code switch with my mom especially if I'm explaining something really complicated and I just want to get it out sometimes I might say I might be speaking in Spanish and say a sentence in English or when I'm with my friends Spanish friends if I don't know the word I will say it in English and they sometimes say it. but I try not to mix but I only do it if I'm not too sure or if I find it so difficult that I think I might not pronounce the word properly. So Natalia I think you already touched on this a little bit but how does this idea of writing books for bilingual children come about can you tell us a little bit more about the process of thinking about this and making it happen? Yeah so there's there's definitely a lot of planning a lot of evidence editing probably over 10 15 drafts so um I think of the story I usually then I brainstorm and then I think of the characters what's the main theme going to be about and where's it going to be based so that's what I usually do then I write it out and then I go through it the next day then the next day because they they do say to look at a manuscript the next day just to see it fresh so I do that so many times then I um, send it to an editor this is all in English at the moment I send it to an editor and they send it over two or three times to change it and once the English version is perfect there's nothing wrong with it then I go and translate it in Spanish and then I need to get then I usually find a Spanish proofreader to check it and I usually um, hire about two or three different proofs in Spanish just so to see if there's much difference and then I also send it to family and friends for them to proofread so once that's done or the manuscript is perfect there's no changes needed that's when I send it to my illustrator I send her over the manuscript then she sends me over a storyboard of each scene what it will look like if I'm happy with the characters if I'm happy with the setting and if I am or if I'm not, I'll just let her know. But I do usually send her photos of the kind of Spanish or Latin American setting I like. Once that's all been illustrated and put together, then I need to find a book formatter. And he puts it all together. He formats it in ebook and paperback and hardcover. 
once that's done, I then publish it through Amazon. Um, they have a platform called Amazon Kindle Publishing, and that's how you can sell your books. Because I, I decided to do it via um, in the author self-published because I did try and send my manuscripts to traditional publishers but to be honest in the UK I don't think they really understood the concept of bilingualism it's not really um popular to speak a, a second language it's, it's improving but I think traditional publishers just still don't really get it so I just thought you know what why don't I just write it myself and then I decided to open my own um, indie publishing house and I call it Bilingo Books that way to make it look more professional and then if I ever want to hire in the future in a, a different writer I can do that I just wanted to and it's more to do with the branding I decided to have it as Bilingo Books from the play of the word of bilingual and yeah I just I've got this big idea I want to write as many bilingual books in the future and not just have them in Spanish I now have them in French I want to have my next book in Italian German maybe even in Mandarin Arabic I have I'm only doing it on my own and I hire freelancers at the moment so if I could I would be publishing about five or six a year but doing it little by little at the moment I think I understand correctly you wanted to portray what you were feeling growing up. Yeah. You worked on that in English. And once it got, you know, approved, then yeah. you translated into Spanish. That's correct. Yeah. So I love the fact that you're thinking about your own platform, because I was just going to ask you, how come that you have the book written every sentence, you know, like in Spanish and English, but you don't co-switch within the book. And I was just wondering, maybe it's the UK that wasn't ready for that reality, which is the yeah. one that probably describes you the best correct that's right that because you know I'm based in the UK I did approach traditional publishers and the few bilingual books that I've seen out there are do have it's in a sentence in English then it's in Spanish and I right. just thought it'd be easier that way especially in the UK for children who are only starting to learn Spanish or they're planning on they can read the text in English and then they can look at the Spanish text and kind of figure out that way Okay, so it's, I see what you, what you're doing yeah. here. It's also educational material as well. Yeah, right? definitely. Okay. Be used in schools if possible. Very interesting, yeah. So is there a, um, a message you want to get through with your books to kids or to society at large? What are you trying to Yeah, so say? definitely. Uh, so my aim and my message is speaking a second language is absolutely amazing. Um, especially for bilingual children who sometimes feel confused or, that, or they're not too sure about speaking a second language or even if they feel embarrassed see it as your superpower have it as you know if you speak Spanish or French or whatever language it is tell people that you know be proud of it see it as a superpower because it's absolutely amazing kids don't realize especially when they get older it's it's such an amazing skill it opens so many doors job wise you can travel the world if you you can speak to your family in the second language so it it's yeah I just I want ch children to realize even monolingual children that they can learn a second language if they want to it's an it's an amazing thing to learn not just the language but to learn about different cultures and and to connect with people from different parts of the world I mean Spanish is spoken not only in Spain in Latin America and that's 
absolutely huge. Each country in Latin America is, is completely different. They have their own ways of eating different foods, their different traditions, different cultures. Even the Spanish is not all the same. So it's, um, it's really just opening their eyes to a world out there. I mean, my first book, you learned a little bit about Spain, but the second book, which was based in Mexico, I decided to really talk about the Mexican traditions, talk a little bit about Day of the Dead. I had illustrations of piñata, so I wanted children to really know more about Mexico and maybe when they were a little bit older, if they inspire them to go and visit Mexico. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the the Spanglish girl, right? How has it been received? Is there like an age group that is appropriate for, or is it a wide range of ages? Yeah, so uh, the Spanglish girl it can be for kids from ages four to eight. However, if um, it can go up to ages. 10 if the child isn't bilingual so if the child Mm -hmm. is only monolingual in English or in Spanish they can read it if they're 10 years old because they can then read the second language and learn that way but also I know many adults have been buying it who are learning Spanish because a lot of teachers do say a good way to read in Spanish is by picking up children's books Mm -hmm. I have a a three-year-old so she'll be She'll be interested in that, I think. Yeah, I think my 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 son is already going to be interested in this because he he's already going through some phases of like. Oh no! No, I mean it's good. He feels like it's a superpower right now, but I bet at some point at some point he will come crashing down when there's someone (laughs) in front of him. So I would love to have that book to tell him. Remember, this is good. Yeah, or even if he always sees it as a superpower, he can still read the book because it will still, you know, it'll still have that message. It's great to be bilingual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Victoria is just starting to get interested in, you know, why do <laughs> her abuelos speak only Spanish and her grandpa speaks only English? Like, she's just yeah. figuring all of that out. So I think she, I think the book would be interesting to her too. Yeah amazing an amazing journey for for you to both see your kids speak in two languages and I'm sure and it's the, the different stages in life of them speaking Spanish yeah. when toddlers children teenagers adults it's um it's fascinating yeah I'm, I'm so thankful for your work too because this makes our job a lot easier the fact that we mm-hmm. have like you said Facebook and technology but also people who yeah. care enough about this that they want to write books that represent them so that our children can see themselves somewhere else exactly represent there aren't many I mean the reason why I wrote bilingual books because when I was younger there weren't any I didn't have the Spanglish girl to read and that would have really really helped me when you know when I was teased for my accent or for not be not remembering a word if I would have had that book I know it would have been like a resource to go to when I was feeling sad and it would make me realize yeah it's actually a really good thing they don't know what they're talking about right Mm -hmm. validation exactly yeah so you mentioned that you have a few other books that you're working on um where else do you see the future of your business going you said maybe you'll hire some more employees yeah you talk about that so at the moment I'd love to in the future just so that I could um, have as many books as possible but at the moment I'm doing it 
um, bit slower, a bit slowly. So my next book, I've got two in mind to do. So my next bilingual Spanish book, I'm thinking about um, the theme of being kindness and being kind to one another because we mm. really need this in this world and there needs to be more, be more books that where people are just a bit nicer to one another. And then I'm thinking of also um, writing a bilingual Italian book. I studied Italian at uni and I want it mm -hmm. to be a similar theme to the Spanglish girl, the Mexicanish girl, where the um, character is half Italian and half English and they go they go to Italy in the summer and they go through the ups and downs and then they realise, yeah, it's their superpower. So I want to do as many as those, um, like the series of being um, of the, having a dual nationality. Tough. Well, thank you so much for your time and yeah. Thanks for the interview and yeah. Uh, hopefully, if I ever go to the US, I'll come visit the university. That North be awesome. Carolina. Yeah. yeah, let us know. We'll make sure to promote your book and share that with everybody. It means a lot. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. We're gonna leave it there, but we'll be back soon with another episode of Multilingual Mamas. Thanks again, Natalia. And everyone else, hasta luego. Ciao. ever have questions for us or questions about the podcast, go to home and our website at www.multilingualmamaspodcast.com and click on the link for questions. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and stay tuned for another episode of Multilingual Mamas.